Welcome to Wax Half Full, Season 2, Episode 3, or as Keith likes to call it, Episode 78. You guys can figure it out. I'm just throwing this to confuse you guys. Uh, I'm your host, Wax, here with my co-host, Ads, as always. Ads now relocated to Japan for about a month. Also, producer Keith in the background, making things sound good or not. I don't know what he's doing today. Maybe he's listening. Maybe he's watching hockey. Who knows? Ads, how you doing? Wait, wait, hell, does Keith ever watch hockey? And know, if so, why? Uh, I, was I do if I am in Vegas during the playoffs and the Golden Knights are in the playoffs. That's like such a which has happened <laughs> like the first their first three years in the league because it over it overlaps with my dad's uh, birthday. Uh, so okay, he likes to go to Vegas for his birthday. But do you watch it live? Uh, no, we've never been to the game. Just being oh, around, just, okay. you know, like the betting and stuff like that while we're mm. there. I thought we determined that you go to Vegas so often because, like, you're taking care of your family's business, whatever whatever that may be. Uh, I go to Vegas often because I have a lot of family in Vegas. Okay. But it's less often, like, recently for obvious reasons. Okay. I don't know. We're still, let's just, we are still trying to suss out Keith's identity. I, I have a feeling that he's either Bob Iger in, in disguise or he's taking care of some sort of shady family crime business in Vegas. It could be either way. I, either one seems pretty likely to me. I'm voting yeah, Bob Iger. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm voting Bob Iger. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, it could just be like a, Bob, Bob Iger has like access to some, some pretty good voice mods. I mean... No, I, I think it's like... You know those um movies where like the villain ends up being like a like a fucking mouse inside the head of a human robot kind of thing. Yeah. That's what I think. That's the situation I think we're in here. Bob Arg is mm-hmm. like the uh, the human robot. And Keith is the metaphorical, of course, mouse in the brain. I thought it was some sort of like voice box mod that makes him sound completely different. Anyway, no, it, sound, it makes sense. That's not cool enough. That's not cool enough. Any, anyway, there's 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 some good hints. There's like a, there's the general secrecy. There's the uh, the constant shilling for Marvel and Disney products. And uh, what what else is there? Just a ge- just a general uh, insight on on the movie on the movie and, and digital uh, media industry, right? First of all, I do not shill for Disney and Marvel products. Yes, I mean, do. you pretend not to, but you kind of do. I just, you I have... just enjoy them and talk about them. I don't I don't shill for them. Look, there's like no such thing as low-level shilling anymore. All the shilling that happens in the 21st century is like high-level stuff. It's like you pretend to be a guy with a critical eye. You can't say everything is great. You say, hey, you know, you got to say like occasionally this this didn't work. This didn't hit the mark. But you just generally project like an overall aura of approval. And that's how you do shilling in this day and age. And there are people who do it pretty successfully. It's, it's an art. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't so. just shill and not... like you, you can't just like something. Just like it, you know? You got to either be full... You gotta be Stan, or you gotta hate. You gotta be a hater. That's it. There's no, there's uh, no in between here. Correction. All right, that's that's op- that's, that's the opposite of what I said. Whatever. Because <laughs> yeah. we know both Jason and Cam. Yeah, and and they both go against what Wax said. J- Jason loves everything except exactly. for Whippo for some reason. But he loves everything. Yeah, <laughs> for some for some reason that's that's where he, Blippo and Boston are the two things that he hates. I hate Boston he, too, and I've well, never been there. 
Well, he has no reason to hate Boston. He has no reason to like Boston, but that's fine. That's like a hockey rivalry, I thought. Whippo is the weird it's thing a because something like, rivalry. I don't know. No, Whippo is the thing that's like actually odd because you should like getting him because he's like a good player, isn't he? I don't know. Maybe he's not. Maybe I haven't uh-huh. been watching League of Legends so carefully. But anyway, uh, where are we at? Oh yeah, Ads, how you doing? I am injured. I am. Um... Partook in a little bit of drinking yesterday. Actually, I partake in drinking every day, really. But a bit of drinking yesterday. And for some reason on the walk I fucking home... saw. Yo, yo, can I interject a little bit? I've, I've been checking your... You've been on Instagram every fucking day since you got to Japan after, like, never using it for, I don't know, the last five years. <laughs> yeah. For, and you've been yeah, putting up stories. You've, 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 been, you've been one of those guys who's, like, putting up stories where it's, like, no longer, like, dashes. or like, dots now. It's, like, just a density of stories. But... You also do those fucking close, uh, close friend stories, and all all of your drinking isn't that. <laughs> like, what, what, yes, what is because point, I don't man? want people to know how much of an alcoholic I am, other than the people that already know I'm an alcoholic. It's very important. Yeah, but like, for, but for those of us who already know, like, why are you showing us these things? Like, do you, like, you, you just want to like, affirm to me that yeah, I'm drinking a beer today. Yeah, I'm drinking a beer today. <laughs> yeah, I'm drinking another yeah, pr- beer today. Like, pr- are, pretty are much. You, are you checking it? I, you're doing like the opposite of, of like almost what a uh, you know like a re- recovery abstinence check would be. It's like where you have to check every day. Hey, I'm not drinking beer. Hey, I'm not drinking beer. And you're just doing this very mundane thing where it's like I'm drinking regular beer. One, like you're not you're not even like putting pictures of like something like special beer or like special drinks. It's just like just to reaffirm to everyone that you are in tea drinking. Oh yeah, yeah. That, that, that was an, I don't remember what I last posted of beer. But I, I remember yesterday, yesterday, I didn't post yesterday's B actually. I, I, I showed restraint, okay? Look, look yeah. there's, a, there's, a very, there's, a, there's actually a very important um, algorithmic way of posting stories to Instagram. So, like, I have that way. I'm not going to reveal that way, but there, there is a system, okay? I just want that to be done. It's not just random why do you posts. Care about, why, why do you care about the algorithm? Like, you're not even trying to get new followers. No, 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 no. not the algorithm of... of Instagram algorithmic processing that I do to like decide what I'm posting that day. It's very very important. Anyways, like like the point the point being is, uh, I have not been. I don't think I posted that many for it to just be dots, okay. Except for maybe like my first couple of days in Tokyo. This place is too boring to have that much in fucking posts. So uh, I don't know. Regardless, but back to the story before Wax like just fucking slammed me. Slant, even perhaps slanted me. Uh, anyways, I was drinking, as you know, we just uh, wax rudely implied that I do that every day, which I, I do, but didn't have to be so forthright with it. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I was walking home and I decided to, or well, obviously I started to drop in at a convenience and get a beer for the road because open container laws do not exist. Or maybe they exist. I don't, I don't know. The fucking, I'm not a lawyer. Allegedly. Um, and yeah, so I get a beef for the road. And then I decide just like, so there's, I don't, I don't know how it works in America, but there's like, um, the way in Japan, or at least the way it works here, is there are the, what do you call it? Uh, I, can't think, I can't think of the word. Anyways, on, on the side of the road, there are like little little slabs of concrete. And it makes okay. for, for a very good um, hopscotch game. Where you can just like hop from one and skip one. And then hop on one to I don't know. I was thinking of the game because I was drunk. And then then there was a fence. It was a very slow fence. But in my rather high drunkenness, I thought, hmm, parkour. 
I don't know why. I never was into the parkour thing when it was like super popular, but I just felt like parkour. So I tried to jump over that fence badly. I, I like half abandoned it when I realized I wasn't going to make it. And, but half like still committed. Anyways, I, I landed on my foot and perhaps may have sprained it. I didn't feel anything at the time, but it hurts a lot right now. Okay. Uh, I feel like, so I feel like your plan to not get kicked out of Japan uh, before your five years is up, not going well. I feel like you're, you're putting yourself, you're putting yourself at a lot of risk. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I got actually got another story. Tangentially drinking related. So last week I went to right. watch Doctor Strange. I don't think I said this in the Discord. So this is like, you know, wax half for exclusive. <laughs> so I went and I, I got some popcorn and I dropped popcorn outside before the, before the movie. You dropped it? On the, you mean on the floor? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Like half, half the popcorn. And you, it was, you were it drunk was... or because you're, you're clumsy? No, no, I'm just, I'm just clumsy. Uh, and so, like, nobody saw me drop the popcorn. And I didn't want to, like, raise attention to it by to a staff member because then I would have to reveal that I'm the fucking moron who dropped their popcorn. So I just went into the cinema, and then it was cleaned by the time I got back. So uh, for all they know, it was a dumb okay. kid, but it really was just dumb me. Okay. Was that your story? Yeah. But the person with me was like, how, how dare you desecrate Japan like this? And I'm just like, dude, they'll never know. They'll never it know Jap- it was me. Was it, Jap- was it a Japanese person? No, it wasn't. All right. That, that was a terrible fucking story. I just want to tell you. Wait, you never had the embarrassment of dropping your popcorn at a at a at a cinema and like walking into was... a cinema with half of your popcorn, dude. Like even by this pod standards, that was like, that was a terrible fucking story. I'm kind of ashamed. All right, fair enough. Let's move on then. <laughs> Let's move on. All right. So, is, is your ankle okay? Is it a minor injury? Are are, are you be limping around school and people be asking questions? What, what's going on? I, I I think it's pretty minor. I'm probably gonna go to the gym today. So we'll see. All right. So um, just just to make sure that you, you don't get kicked out. So you're say you're sparing the heavy binge drinking till the weekends when you can do it. And on the weekdays, it's like a casual beer or two. I hope so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just a beer with 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 dinner. Kind of thing. Are you are you one of those people who has like the I don't know the body type, the genetic type, where if you drink a shit ton, the smell just comes off of you like, very obviously. Uh, I hope not. All right. Is it, is no, no one ever mentioned that to you? No, no one's mentioned it yet. All right. I'm, I'm going right. to test that yeah, next yeah. weekend. I'll test it. I'll yeah, test I'm, it and get back. No, yeah. I was just going to say, like, uh, just because just uh, you've sobered up before uh, you go to school in the morning doesn't mean that people don't know you're drinking. It, well, it may, it may not mean that. Who knows? Depend, depends on how you mask it. Yeah. Damn, that's something I did not think of. Anyway, yeah, it should be all right. All right, cool. Let's move on to topics. Topic. What, what do you want to start with? I'll, I'll let you, I'll let you go first. Mm, let's let's start with Kendrick. Let's just get Kendrick out of the way, and then yeah, we'll sure. move on to real topics. Just just have right. continue yeah, you, that ads monologue. One one of the uh, rare times that you came up came saying, "Hey, I want to talk about something." So, could you just introduce this to me? Because all I know about it is that Kendrick Lamar. 
put out a new album a couple of days ago. There seems to be a lot of fuss on the internet about it. Uh, I'm not sure if it's so much like. Uh, tell me if this is correct. Like, is he already not a big deal anymore? Because all the mm. hubbub and talk seems to be from like you know older millennial age people. It doesn't really seem like this has a sort of like a super big, massive uh, buzz as like some other artists might have. Or was he always like that? I don't know. Well, well, if you think about raw numbers, I guess Kendrick is like not quite the biggest in terms of raw numbers. Now, obviously, like, you know, Dan was like a bit different in that it had many like singles. Um, but even um, like like the most the most uh, you know, the most famous single from, you know, Good Kid, Mad City is like swimming pools. And that's like on what, like 400 million views, uh, listens, which is which is high, but not like immensely high. Like every other single from Damn, which is like a newer album, uh, has more. Uh, and All Right is the one from um, To Be My Butterfly. And that's on 360 million uh, views. So I, I think the idea of Kendrick is more popular than, than Kendrick's music per se. And I think that's unique to hip hop, uh, that kind of concept. Uh, maybe not unique to hip hop, but if certainly um, hip hop will always have that one person who mm-hmm. is perhaps not the most popular artist, but maybe the spiritual uh, spiritual icon of the genre at any given time. Um, and it's changed over the years, you know, like perhaps like uh, I'm, I'm, t- I'm too young to like really know the really early hip hop stuff, but I'm assuming like there was that kind of thing. But I think for most people, like everyone points to Tupac as that spiritual icon of the genre as the original spiritual icon of the genre. And then, then you've had other 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 artists, most notably probably you know, Jay-Z, Kanye West. Um, there was a very brief period where Lupe Fiasco could have uh, had a claim to that title. Uh, and then ever since probably like 2015, when the Good Kid Mad City came out, 2014, 2015, Kendrick has dominated that um that appeal as the spiritual icon of, of hip hop. And he has 20, oh, damn, fuck. 2015 yeah, okay. was but, the Pimp a Butterfly. Okay, yeah. But I think 2012, 2012 would have been like when he was like starting to push for that. It was because it came out on the same year or the year after, um, what was it? Um, the Kanye album. Good Kid Mad City. My brain. Oh, no, Good Kid Mad City okay. came. Out in the same year the 2012. as... Yeah, that, yeah. yeah, that was 2012. Was it Yeezus? So it would have been a year after... It would have been a year after... Um, My Beautiful Doctor Was in Fantasy. Which was probably like Kanye's like last... Last album cycle as like the biggest spiritual icon of, of hip-hop. Um, if he even was still the, that back in that case. People could argue that it was just three first albums where he was that... Um, yeah, I think I think for, for for Kendrick, he's had such a long, had, had, he's he's definitely um leaned into that, uh, that idea of him as the spiritual icon of, of hip hop, especially with maybe perhaps not Kid Good Kid Mad City, which was very personal, was a very personal album with a lot of storytelling, uh, but definitely with uh you know, uh to pimp a butterfly, he was definitely like pushing that uh that savior icon which has always existed in hip hop, but I think Kendrick's kind of made it his own thing. Um, and uh, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers okay. kind of feels, which is the new album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Okay. Oh, wait. 
Okay, one second. Uh, before you get into the to his new album, let, let me just ask a couple of questions because this is probably the last part where I can actually like sort of participate. So, I think Good Kid, Mad City was probably like one of the last uh, hip hop like uh, mainstream hip hop albums, well, successful hip hop albums that I actually really listened to. And after that, I've just been in boomer mode, listening to just the old shit over and over. But so, so you said he was acknowledged by most people, uh, what fans, people in the scene as the spiritual center of hip hop, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So is that like a thing? Is that so? That's a real thing. That's a real thing within the hip hop community, within like hardcore fans. It's because uh, the impression, because I, I, I got to it late. I, I, I got to it very late after that. It was critically acclaimed, and everyone was saying you have to listen to it. And at that point, uh, it has seemed like the not not the hip hop establishment, but the mainstream establishment, and not just the mainstream music establishment. It's like the mainstream media establishment, like the New York Times. You know, uh, like uh, what what are the big magazines like? The, you know, the culture magazines that write about that shit, like the Vogue or whatever. Like all of those sites were basically had anointed him. You know, the main the mainstream liberal media as as a pot had anointed him as like this this uh, this great poet of the time. And I can never really tell like, how much of that's legit because those people, they always want to anoint some artists as that. And sometimes it falls short. Like, like a lot of time, like, they're, they're very quick to like say this person's a genius and they're the muse of the time. So you're saying that it was legit? Like, like Kendrick, he didn't, he never needed any of that larger validation. He would always have had that, well, that, well, sort of, that, that status just within hip hop. I- I think the validation comes from the fact that him, alongside a few others, in terms of TDE, like like there's also the whole um, hip hop label underground, uh, fight for like top. <laughs> this is a bit of a pun, but like top dog, in the hip hop label sphere and TDE at that time, with the help of Kendrick, J Rock, AB Soul, Schoolboy Q, and then he had SZA as well and a few others, um, was like just pushing like every every album from that. From that group was critically acclaimed it was you know selling very well top dog entertainment he was he was the face of top dog entertainment still and that that's happened like over and over with the whole like uh, you know hip-hop affiliation affiliated labels perhaps not like a purely hip-hop label but definitely focused on hip-hop um but yeah like i think he helped that um and it, it definitely like it was a so, so the thing with kendrick is he's a west coast hip-hop rapper he has an has a song with Dr. Dre called uh what's it called the the Chronic? No, it wasn't the, it was the Chronic. It was called uh, what's the, what's the, what's the track with uh Dr. Dre? It was a Compton? I think it was Compton. Um, which is on Good Kid, Mad City, and like it's kind of like Dr. Dre doing the like you know the handoff of like the icon of you know West Coast rap to like not just Kendrick Lamar but I think TD in general because Dr. Dre was like so. Uh, in, uh, influential in like the whole West Coast domination of the nineties, uh, or the early nineties at least. So I think that was a, like that was a good, uh, good metaphorical handing of the baton to Kendrick yeah. at least on the West Coast side. Now, now West Coast versus East Coast is no longer as big of a as big of like a split. There it still exists um, in in styles and stuff, and there's a lot of rappers in, especially on the east coast that like do profess that new york style of hip-hop very hard uh um but maybe not so much on the west coast but that's perhaps because just west coast style has just become so um so dominantly popular as a style that it doesn't really matter anymore like the the Mm -hmm. whole um geographical locations thing 
isn't as big of a um, as big of a thing nowadays. It still exists, you know. Oh. Like South- Sorry. Yeah. No, no, no. Go on. Sorry. It, it still exists. I'm not saying it doesn't exist, and there's definitely stylistic differences um, between like each region. Um, but I don't think like it had as much of a importance placed upon it as it did in the nineties and maybe the early O's uh, with something like, because I kind of, I kind of wanted to ask you about that because it does seem that even though it's not as important as it was in the nineties, it does seem that your ability to legitimately represent a place, a city, a region, like you have to, it, it does seem that if you have to be able to do that first, you have to do that album first and get credit for that, and then you can do other stuff. No, like it, it seems like that because, like you know, Kanye was a Chicago rapper, not so much anymore. But he had he had to do that first, right? And I mm-hmm. think you know, yeah, yeah. the pat the pattern the pattern is kind of the same with Kendrick Lamar. Like he got his legitimacy by being a, an extremely LA rapper, a good kid, Mad City, and then he started doing some other stuff. You know, started branching out. So that I think that pattern kind of holds, though. Know? Like. Your first the yeah, yeah. thing that makes you legitimate in people's eyes is a very localized "I am a person of this place" album, and then you know you can sort of branch out and you know expand your artistic vision. That's how it seems to me, anyway. Uh, yeah, yeah, you could you could definitely say that, especially um with like artists that perhaps never hit true mainstream. There's a lot of um there's a lot of localization in terms of popularity of some artists of the not mainstream like, artists. We're like the like the. Yeah, the legendary uh, Nipsey Hussle, who I never had never heard about. Yeah, but apparently, Nipsey Hussle apparently was very everyone... localized to California. Yeah, yeah, um... and I, I never heard about him, but that, but then uh, I I learned about him through the NBA, you know, media, and apparently, like it's a uh, it was sort of like an entire like subculture of hip hop where you can be entirely localized and being in- incredibly influential within that that scene, even if you never go national. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think that happens a lot with a lot of trap artists as well. Where I'd, I'd never heard of them, but they, they were insanely popular in their area. And perhaps some of them eventually do break out and hit like a mainstream appeal. And people are like, oh, this new artist. And they've dropped like six albums <laughs> kind of thing. That, that's happened quite often. I think the age of like artists breaking out versus hitting mainstream has like started to like creep up a bit. Like you can break out young, but very few artists hit that like mainstream appeal young as well. All right. In hip hop anyways. Okay, uh, let, let me do one last bit about like what I know about Kendrick Lamar or what I paid attention to before you get to the latest thing. So, to, to, after Good Kid Mad City, we have To Pimp a Butterfly, which is, um, I, I think I talked about, I think I talked about this briefly during the Grammy talk when he was nominated for something, and I talked a little bit about the song All Right. Uh, would it be okay? Do you think it's correct to say that the, uh, the songs, the aspects of Kendrick Lamar that the what I don't know what you would call true hip hop heads appreciate him for, but people like you, if you want to consider, if you want to call yourself that, do you think that you know like hardcore pop fans like him for different reasons than say the mainstream media establishment? Because uh, I think the biggest example of like why I was sort of I'm a little bit confused by Kendrick Lamar as like as like someone who doesn't really listen to him that carefully about his relevance is that it, there does seem to be a split between or maybe there isn't a split, but what the mainstream media wants him to be like because because like from what i can tell all right basically just got a grammy because like uh the new york times said this is the anthem of black lives matter and and it must have a grammy whereas we're in real real life it, it went like single platinum and i don't think anyone i don't want to say anyone but i don't think like hip-hop fans thought it was a particularly good song by itself so i i, so I have I, a little bit I of have a, a funny story when I, when I 
yeah sorry let me continue stuff so when i look at kendrick as an artist like i'm ve- i'm very confused about like uh what like the mainstream media likes him for and what like actual his fans like him for at times I, that confuses me okay sorry go on yeah so i think sorry, all guys. right was like hyper yeah it's all uh, i think all right was like hyper focused in one particular like snapshot of time um and that snapshot of time just happened to be as you said the black lives matter um uh, movement at the, at that time uh but all right was so big that it won there's, so there's something very very popular in australia it is called um the hot uh you might call it the triple j hot 100 might have heard of it perhaps it happens on it used to happen on australia there but then they took that away because um Australia Day kind of is a memory of uh, colonization, but anyways, it is essentially a, a, a I have heard listener, of it. Yeah, it's essentially a listener voted upon um, hundred uh, songs that are the most popular in Australia, and usually, usually the top ten or so are very dominated by like so that that um, radio station in particular has a very you know indie pop indie rock leaning um stylization it does it does play a lot of hip-hop as well but it, that's definitely it's like forte but it, all right won the won the popular vote that year which was like considered a bit of a shock win actually and kendrick mm, had a few had a few i think he actually did an interview if i remember correctly he did an interview as well i don't know if it was live or just pre-recorded but he did do an interview for that as well so they managed to and get a triple J, the 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 winner tends to be. Does it tend to be like the biggest pop hit, or does it generally still have like no, a slightly, not, not uh, you know? So so it has like an artistic le- It has like an artistic uh, leaning. You're saying it's, it's artistic leaning, and it's off, also often and not not like often the top probably top twenty five positions are dominated also by Australian artists, like okay. Australian but indie it's, artists. It's, all right, but the, the people who are voting on this are like I don't know, like people who consider themselves like music fans, not not like mainstream. Yeah. Uh, you know, okay. It's 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 not a mainstream um radio station. There are other radio stations that are considered the mainstream radio stations. But yeah, I think uh, in general, okay. it's leans towards the indie rock, indie pop style. Actually, this year was okay. very. I've I haven't kept up with it, but apparently, it's gotten a lot more um <laughs> a, a okay. lot more thing. Mainstream. Okay, so, uh, but anyway, I, I, like I guess, like my, my short question with you like, would be if I synthesize that question to you, it would, would be to say, uh, is there actually like a like a disconnect between like the I don't know the hip hop fan Kendrick Lamar and the media's darling Kendrick Lamar, or is it just something that I'm only perceiving because my brain has been poisoned I, by by consuming too much uh, left leftist media? I think it's fair to say that Kendrick himself probably agrees. Maybe not agrees with, but sees why he's seen as that by most people, and I think this album kind of like ties into that idea that I'll that I'll get into later. But yeah, I think it's not unfair to position him that way, and to say that the so so I think to be the, the hip hop icon, right? It's not just about lyricism. In fact, I don't even think lyricism is that important to being the hip hop you know spiritual icon. Um, I think I think the ability to story tell. And capture experiences is the most important. I think uh, you know most people won't argue that Tupac was the most um, was the most uh, lyrical rappers, the most intricate of lyrics. Um, but he was able to tell a story. He was able to convey emotions very well and experience very well. And even though Biggie was superior in terms of lyrical ability, 
Biggie didn't capture. I don't know. He he didn't give that um raw emotion the same way that um that a Tupac did, or you know, early Kanye West does, or even Kendrick Lamar does, where a lot of his rap is not. You know, no one's claiming Kendrick is the best technical rapper. There are a lot more. There are a lot of rappers that were always technically better than him. But in terms of like yeah. being able to tell a story and be you know. An emotional outlet for people. I think that's what he succeeds and he thrives on. So I, th- I think yeah. it's not unfair to portray him that way. But I think it's unfair to say that <laughs> that um now K- Kendrick's a lot of Kendrick's albums just seem to come out at the right time. You know whether that's by choice or whether by luck or whether by the fact that his albums um just can like generate enough conversation that he feels that way. Um, that's to be debated. But I I think. To Pimp a Butterfly definitely felt yeah. like it came out at the right time. It had a very fortuitous yeah, I'm, timing. Yeah, I, I, I'm not saying anything about his like skill or like his legitimacy as artists. I'm just saying like his mainstream fame might be. It, it seems to me it's a product of him being tokenized by the media, and that's like unfortunate. But that's just how it comes across to me, and which is and it's unfortunate. But it's not to say that he's not legit. Sorry. Yeah. Hey, sorry, yeah. Keith. Were you gonna say something? Yeah, I was going to say, on your original question, um, a lot of the reason why Kendrick's fans are older, I guess, is what you what your point was versus like where the hype came from is he just doesn't release as much music as his like contemporaries either. Um, Like this is his first solo album like his first own album in five years and in that gap three years ago he did the black panther album um but this is like his first original music in three years and his first album in five years and in that time like j cole and drake both put out like two albums so there's that like there's that gap where it's the older fans who have been like waiting for him to put out new music and younger fans i mean they probably know who he is he's not like he hasn't been around ever but you know it's not it's not who's been who's been waiting i guess the the other thing i love i love to point out is when you you know you're like that spiritual icon when like newer rappers point at you and they say you know what i don't don't fuck with kendrick or i don't listen to kendrick or i don't want to sound like kendrick um that's when you know like you've hit that level of like relevance where even rappers who are not in your lane like push put you as the um as the barometer of like good hip hop. I think that shows something. You know, like before it was like I can't remember who was it was it um was it Kodak Black who said you know I I don't listen to Tupac or who the fuck is Tupac? It might not have been Kodak Black, but somebody said that and it was like it was very telling. And there've other been people who said you know like oh you know like I, I don't want to listen I don't want to sound like Lupe Fiasco I don't want to sound like uh, Kendrick Lamar, and that's a valid statement. But they've also gotten you know a lot of hate for that as well. Um, but I think that's like an interesting, um, interesting thing to like point at. Speaking of Kodak Black, he's yeah. on this album, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. don't want to get and, into the album. Now? Anyway, yeah, yeah, let's get into this album. So this is where yeah, you just take the lead, man. I have no fucking idea. Okay, well, Keith, Keith, listen to the whole album. Keith, I'm working on a Keith Redux edition again for this album. I think we have to like keep that as a as a uh, continuous hey, pattern for the, every single long hip hop release. 
Hey, sorry, sorry. I, I said I was gonna not gonna take the lead, but uh, but there's rumblings that a brief intermission is dying, and that we're just gonna absorb the ABI Empire and hit black staff full. So ads, just uh, the the portfolio keeps growing. What do you want me to say? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. It's, it, not, now you could have your own like a media corner to do hip hop or whatever albums come out. Oh right, right. That would, mm-hmm. Yeah. That was yeah, already uh, ads' thing. I know that's what we did. Well, now it's gonna. Well, now it's official. Now we can just have like ep- episodes with ads. You and Skitter and whoever listens to new hip hop these days. That's like it's. I don't know. You probably don't know this. I don't. Know, I don't know if I put this in uh, group chat or if I just said this to ads specifically or whatever. But the our very first episode, um, I believe it was an MF Doom. Uh, mixtape or something like that mm-hmm. if i recall correctly that ads uh, spoke about was because i told him that he could have a segment on the show where he just did like an album of the week or something like that oh yeah and then eventually that transformed into us all giving song recommendations for the week yeah yeah that was like the original idea yeah i remember all right Wax okay. doesn't remember, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Definitely not. Okay, thir- 30, 33 minutes in. Let's, let's actually talk about the new album. God damn it. Different. Okay, here we go. Here we go. The new album. The new album called Mr. Morale. Is it, I, don't, I don't know who, look, Mr. Morale, is, is that the way he's pronouncing it? And The Big Steppers. Okay. That's the new album. It was released on Friday. Um, and it's generated a lot of questions, commentary. I don't think it's had, well, I, you know what, I think, even Damn, which I don't think was that good of an album, but he had an immediate instant appeal as a as an album and like just I think worldwide adoration for the most part. I think it's been less for this album. And I think for good for, for reasons I can, if not agree with, see why. So the first thing is it's a very long album. It's an hour and thirteen minutes, but every Kendrick album is long. Uh you know, um, Dam was more like an hour and five minutes, something like that. How long was Dam? Something like that. I don't know. Can't find it. Anyways, but m- most of his albums have been long, long albums. So it's, it's not, it's not a thing. To be a butterfly, also an hour and eighteen minutes. Um, so it's definitely a Kendrick thing. So I don't think that's the reason. It's also technically, but not really, because double albums don't exist anymore. There's yada yada reasons. A double album. So Mr. Morale is the first, uh, first album. It's nine tracks long. It's the first disc, if you want to go with it. And then the second part is The Big Steppers, which is nine, also nine tracks long. Um, and, it, and it makes for a... How do I put this? Not, not as unified of a message and of a, of a sentiment as something like Spoon Butterfly, even to, as, as Damn. Good Kid Mad City didn't have like a sentiment, but it was more like a storyline that was like running throughout it. And I think this one is not as unified the sounds are also more varied, um, so it's not as unified of a, of a sound. And you know, there are some songs that just feel like even it, this, so. There's always that. There's always that. Like um, I like to call it the spanner in the wrench that Kendrick loves to put in uh, into an album. Like I think to me, Butterfly was for free. Where it's like this dick ain't free, and that song like you're probably never gonna hear it, listen to it outside of the um, scope of the album. And Kendrick has a lot of those in this, in this one. Probably too many. 
I feel. I feel like too many. But I guess he felt like because it's a double album, he had to put one in each. Like he has the um he has two interludes and they're long interludes, they're not like a fifteen second interlude. There's Rich Interlude, which I think is spoken by uh, Kodak Black, and there's also another one that's Savior, and that's by oh sorry, the Savior Interlude, which is just by him. Um so yeah, I think it's not as unified, and I think that's why some people um aren't quite liking this as much. My opinion on it, and I've listened to it maybe five or six times, maybe seven times, a few tracks, probably more than that, um, is that the album is good, but flawed because perhaps on purpose, Kendrick is finally addressing what you just talked about, which was his appearance as the savior of hip hop. He and Now, to be fair, Kendrick kind of like paints himself as like this, uh, you know, Hey! Oh, by the way, we have to mention we have to mention the album art where he has a crown of thorns on his head, which could mm-hmm. be. And I haven't listened to it, so is that is that ironic? Do you think, or is that like how how percentage wise, fifty percent ironic, fifty percent serious? What do you think it is? I think like eighty percent serious, twenty percent ironic. If I find out, oh, that's a. Oh, I think so. He takes himself seriously then. So, so, so yeah, like I said, Kendrick is, is is finally addressing, or perhaps not finally addressing, but like directly and lengthily addressing his position as you know this quote unquote savior of hip hop. You know, like you know hip hop, I'm gonna save you kind of thing. Like you know, like, or, or at least, uh, or at least like a el- at least an elder statesman of sorts, right? At least, at least, yeah. But he he mentions being like not your savior kind of thing, like directly. So I, I think he's definitely addressing that. And I think the whole point of the album is for for Kendrick to, I don't know if he feels weighed down by it, and he feels like it's, but like like Keith said, it's been five years since he released an album, and a lot of shit's happened in in five years, and perhaps he felt a little bit weighed down by that um that perception of him as the savior of hip hop, like where when he puts something out, it needs to be the, it needs to not just be a good album. It needs to be the album of the times for that year. It needs to be like that perfect album. And I think that's him finally addressing that concept and like how difficult it is to like, you, you, you can't just keep dropping to be butterflies. You know, like it's, 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 it's a, you know, a lightning in a bottle situation with Tim, Tim Butterfly. And I think it's him saying, okay, like, dude, like <laughs> I, I, I gotta be me. Like I, I can't, I can't do this. And you know, the album cover also has him holding his son and, I think he's holding his daughter and his uh, wife, uh, fiance. He's holding his son. So I think it's like him moving. It's like he's a uh, you know moving forward section where he's addressing everything in the past ten years and he's setting himself up for the next ten years kind of thing, which I think is a good thing. But I think it makes for an album that is more difficult to see in unity. Um, and there are definitely really good good tracks. You know, I really like Die Hard. Father Time, Sanfa never misses on his um on his rapper uh, on his rap crossovers. Uh, and there's a couple of good good tracks. I actually really like the um I don't know. I hated Baby Keem, but now I'm kinda like kinda like him. The Code of Black Arms uh, track is pretty good, the, the actual one, not the interlude. And then the last three songs. I think the last three songs are the best three songs. And I think those if those songs don't hit as hard as they do and as well as they do. And if also, also one of those tracks has Beth Gibson of Portishead on it. So Wax, you should listen to that one. Um, uh, but, no, 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 but, no, no, no. I, I saw, uh, I saw that and I was like, well, that's weird. Like she hasn't been around for a long, she hasn't been active for a long time. So I was like, Oh, what's going on here? 
Mm, yeah. Um, it's a good good track as well. If those last three tracks don't hit as good as well as they as they could uh, as they do, I think we're talking about a bit of a dud album from the Kendrick. But thankfully, they hit very well. They, they now, now again dud album for Kendrick. I think Damn was a dud album for Kendrick, but it's still a very good album for any other hip hop artist. But it's just not. It, it goes back to this whole thing where like we feel like Kendrick has to be the spoke whether fairly or unfairly, and whether he. Like again, he portrays himself as you know an, an inactive participant in this whole you know I'm the savior um, thing, but he's pushed that in every album. Um, so it's it's not like he's 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 not recognized that. Um, in this album, he's finally addressing that, and he's you know the the final album is more about like I I, I choose me, you know what I mean? Like I can I can only help myself. You can only help yourself. Um, even though he tries to do. Some things we might, we might get into Auntie Diaries in a second, um, which is probably the most controversial track of the album. Um, but yeah, I think I think in general the album lacks the unison of even a damn like even though I don't like damn, I can see like the artistic vision and the unison of the of the sound stage and the sounds the, the sounds um, and the instrumentals, whereas this one doesn't feel as unified. Doesn't feel, the, the track list even though it's a double album and. Um, I, I don't know. Like the the first, the first disc in particular, the second disc isn't a problem, but the first disc in particular has like just an inconsistent, um, inconsistent track list. Whereas I feel like to Pimp Butterfly, every track follows f- float. And again, this is not you don't have to do this, right? But but it's something I th- I thought like Kendrick was like style was every track like even with these very long albums with the very long runtimes every track like seamlessly goes into the next one and he makes for a very very good top to uh, you know track one to track 15 16 18 i think it's one 18 tracks um listing experience i think this one doesn't have that and that seems like that was kind of, that was kendrick's forte keith you listened to the album once what do you think about that statement uh yeah i mean i agree because i think this album is literally all over the place um and it was really noticeable when you go through the first disc and you get to the interlude because when i got to the interlude i mentioned um in discord actually that kendrick raps like he forgot how to have fun oh yeah i remember that yeah that was when i was trying to avoid uh, avoid spoilers yeah, immediately after you get Rich Spirit, which is like way more vibey and like enthusiastic than anything that came before it on the album. And it's like those it's last the... three tracks on that disc are like from a totally separate project than anything. You know what before it is? I'll, 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 I'll tell you what it is. Those tracks are Black Panther album cuts. That's what they are. They, they, they sound like they came from the Black Panther album. You know, that's what I, I, would, I believe it. Yeah. So, like, in terms of the vibe, the first disc is like kind of we cry together. That doesn't really make sense. That track would never. Oh yeah, no, 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 no yeah, that one. The... <laughs> that, <laughs> that's a great album. track. Okay, so, so I'm gonna pull out a couple tracks to just talk about real quick. So, we cry together is in, an interesting track. It is essentially like a conversation slash argument. Um, uh, what do you want? How do you want to describe this? How we cry together. It's, it's essentially a breakup slash get together again song. 
um, and it is great. I, that is the, the Kendrick track that I was referring to with for, for free. Uh, uh, like this game free, it's a s similar one in terms of that. Um, but I think it was very well done. And I, I think the performance by both, uh, by both uh, Kendrick and what was the name again? Taylor Page was very good and very convincing. And that was a that was a standout track for me. Even though you know you're not going to be, it's one of those tracks where you're not going to listen to it outside of the the scope of the album, right? Or are you? Would you would you put that on at a party? No, I think that's my it's my favorite track on the album, and I'll never listen to it outside of listening to the <laughs> exactly. album. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like that that's like rocking up to to imagine rocking up to a party and playing that that track. <laughs> I want to do that one day. I'm, I'm gonna try and do that one day. Just like grab grab the uh grab grab the phones connected to it the speakers and just play that that track you just like yeah. find it at a karaoke bar or something and just start performing it yeah yeah i'm gonna need two people and i'm gonna yeah <laughs> yeah uh i think so that, that 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 track really good track but again it's not gonna be listened to outside of the uh the scope of the the album and unfortunately for that track it's also like smack bang in the middle of just tracks that don't flow together well which makes it even harder to listen to that track because the flow into that track isn't that good so kind of sucks um, but but i think this one has very good tracks they just don't feel like they're uh, they're all on the same album i think die hard yeah, father I, time are good i feel the same way about the second disc as well less so than the first one because the first one is like a like a huge tonal switch for me uh at the interlude the second one the the interlude comes uh a couple of tracks earlier um, yeah it comes like four and track. i don't think the switch is as big but it still feels like the pre-interlude tracks on this second and on on both discs the pre-interlude tracks go together more than they go with what comes after them yeah like so you know it, now that you've it, it almost like feels like four separate projects uh well two separate projects but there's like it's like split into four parts mm, yeah I get, I get what you mean like that it's an interesting way to look at it but yeah i, th I think on the second uh, second disc now i think the second disc is is a stronger vision but the tracks aren't as strong like individually um except for the last three tracks which i think are just insane um and yeah let's just talk about the uh, the uh, most controversial one which is Auntie Diaries, which is Kendrick Lamar's. I think you said it best. What, what did you say about this about this track? You, you gave it I a nice. Uh, he, he tried to write the most problematic trans anthem I love that, that possibly one. could. <laughs> I love that sentence. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Could you could, could you guys elaborate? Because I know you got. I heard you guys talking about that. I was like, oh, that sounds uh, intriguing. Uh, could, you, could you tell me what the hell the song's about? Okay. So, the, the the song is essentially it is a song about um, his auntie becoming a man, so uh, yeah, changing genders, um, very early in his life, and then it's also about his cousin, and it's about him obviously. It's about his cousin, uh, you know, changing genders as well. Um, but so so it's it's supposed to be. <laughs> It's supposed to be coming out in support of him. Now, okay, 
I'm going to say a lot of things and then I'm going to backtrack on them. Okay. Um, but it's essentially his support of, of people, uh, you know, the, the, the trans community in a problematic sense in that, you know, uh, he uses the wrong uh, pronouns for the people he's talking about here. And I'm actually, I actually, I listened to it again this morning and I caught something and, uh, and I'll, um, I'll, I'll talk about it in a second. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so basically the, the, the track talks, it's a conversational slash storytelling track about, you know, his auntie and his, his experience with his auntie becoming a man, but he continues to say, you know, she, 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 uh, yeah. So so still using the wrong pronouns, except for one time in that verse, uh, which is like the last, the last time. But again, actually, um, the, the, uh, the only person who says that is, is a different person. It's his mum who uses the right pronouns. And, and his mum says he, but he never does say he in the album, um, or in the, in the track line. And then he gets to the whole, um, the most controversial part of this is when he drops the F-bomb. Five, six times, I don't know, I didn't count it. <laughs> but he, he dropped it a couple times, and he dropped it t- twice. And, uh, well, maybe three times, I don't know. <clears throat> oh, yeah, th- yeah, three times, fucking hell. It's really pushing what, it. What's the... Uh, What's the context? What's the context? Oh, the context is um, that you know, as as a kid, you know, it was it was funny, like it was just it was just a joke to say the, the f word, um, and like you know, it, and then it eventually slips to the context is you know, um, again, all of, every time he says the f bomb, it's within the quotation of him being a child and saying it. Okay, so like it's not like he's just <laughs> you know dropping it, you know, a la. Right. Eminem, right, right. The early two thousand. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, yeah, no, I, I, I know what you're talking about. He's, he's like uh, using it because like, it's, it's, it's something he actually said, and he doesn't want to what, what, like, say the f word in, in, in a verse because it would sound like uh, less good to him, I suppose. Yep, I think he does say uh, something like that. Anyway, but regardless, it, um, he then ends this. Now, this is this is where the song gets even more interesting because you know. Like the, the song couldn't like couldn't just survive on its own. He brings in a further. Oh, sorry. Before that, he like has like that that um like st- come, not okay. I shouldn't use the, this, these two words. So I'm gonna try and think of it. But it's it's like his standing up moment where he um he's in the he's in the uh, church and the preacher like points at his cousin and he says you know Demetrius is Marianne now. Uh, and he's like, you know, saying like that God is going to like smite him down or whatever, um, or smite her down. Um, and then, you know, he, st- he stands up and he like confronts the preacher wait, and he wait, talks about, wait, you know, wait, love wait. thy neighbor. Wait, 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 wait. Did, did you misgen? Did you, did you also misgender this entire time? <clears throat> no, no, there's two people here. There's two oh, people we discussed. Yeah. Uh, so auntie, cause, cause, cause uh, I, uh, because I, I, I thought like yes, it will, it will be very, uh, very much uh, wax half foolish and very ironic in a comical way if you had, if you had also been misgendering people, but, but out of out of sheer confusion, not because you not because of malice. Honestly, Kendrick's verse makes it, and I'm looking at the lyrics now to like keep it straight because he doesn't switch uh, pronouns as well, so it like becomes a lot confusing. So maybe I did, in which case I apologize. Um, but 
regardless, this is the coming out. This is the you know standing up for his his cousin moment. Um, you know he says, you know, preacher man, love thy neighbor, yada yada yada. You know the the whole uh, uh, you know, so like it's it's his like standing up moment. Um, he says like I ch- the day I chose humanity over religion, uh. And then, so this is what, and eventually, like the last bit, the last like couple of bars, he brings up something that he never talked about publicly, as far as I can remember. He never brought up in a verse, and it was possibly the last moment he really stopped doing interviews or really anything in the media. And it was the, was it the damn tour where this thing happened? Do you remember? It was in 2018, so maybe yeah, it would have been the damn tour probably. Anyways, he brings up a he brings up a fan on stage to rap the track, good uh, Mad City, and the the fan in this video, which is you know widely available, um, starts using the N word, like which is part part of the lyrics. It didn't just start dropping the N word. It's part of the lyrics. I just want to make that clear. And then he stops the track and he he stops the song and he says, "You got to bleep out one single word. Like you can't say that word." And like it was, it was a fifty-fifty hate on Kendrick, you know, like oh, you know, like it's part of your lyrics kind of thing. And then other people were like, yeah, you fucking idiots, like you just don't say the word. Like just wait, wait, like, is, is it is is it the uh, is it the man down? Where are you from? Uh, from Kid Kid Mad City, or which which song it is it? No, it's it's if Pyros and Crips. Oh yeah, it's that one. Okay, okay, yeah, 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 yeah it's, 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 it's that it's, one. It's, it, where are you from? My whatever. Yeah. Is, 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 yeah. It, is it that part? Is that one? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he he brings that up, and the reason he brings that up is to push parallels to the whole who gets to say the f word thing for some reason, and he says you know, and then he he eventually brings like the the audience into this, and he says you said like as if this is the audience, you know. There's no room for contradiction, you know. If if you get to say the f word, um. You know, we we can say we can say the F word together, but only if you let a white girl say. And he he like, he does like a little bit of audio, uh, like, fuck, what's the word for it? Like he he like, edits he, he modulates the, the yeah he distorts the he he modulates the audio a bit when he when he says yeah. the N word. He modulates okay. the audio a bit when he says the N word. Okay, to like make it like not finish the word, um, but you can you can clearly understand what he says. But before that, he also drops like three f bombs, not modulated. <laughs> yeah. So I just want to say, I get it. Okay, yeah. I don't want people doing this. What was that fucking movie where the director said, you know, if you don't, it was the big, not the dude who made the big short. Uh, the, Adam the, McKay. Um, Adam McKay. The the, the, uh, the Netflix movie that's like about climate change and shit. It was big last year. Is that- yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I forgot what it was called. It's, it's, it was very uh, unmemorable. But Adam McKay's Kiki. director. Are you talking about Don't look up. Yeah. Remember when he tweeted, like, oh, if you don't like my movie. Oh, I don't know if he tweeted or was in an interview. He tweeted, like, oh, if you don't like my movie, you don't get it. Some shit like that. Is that him? It was him, right? Oh, well, I don't remember that, but I don't know. That's, that, oh, yeah. that sounds like him, though, that, so I'll, I'll believe that, it. Alleged, okay. He allegedly said that. He allegedly said that, okay. Um, it's 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 a common talking point when you're talking about things that are supposed to be like higher as well. So it's not just in refer- reference to that, but it's a like it's a it's a common um, you know perspective. Um, 
but I don't want that to be used against me here. I get the point. I get why he uses the F word. I get what he's trying to do. I get, I get that he's coming out in support. I get that he's approaching a, a difficult to breach subject um, in, in the hip hop sphere. The hip hop sphere is still dealing with the, you know, homophobia and it's, it's getting better in, the, in that, um, in that sense. And I understand what he's trying to do by using the F bomb. And you could argue, and I think I can argue this, that he's using it as like shock value. Okay. So the question I need to bring up and the question that he maybe should have thought about and was, can I still do this track? And can I still have shock value? Can I still have impact without using the F word? And I think the answer was he could have. It would just have been harder. And maybe he was a bit lazy or maybe he just didn't like that, that, that approach. I don't know. You'd have to talk to him directly about it. But I think that okay. th that track mm. tries, it's well-intentioned, but <laughs> terribly executed in my, and it's also just not a good, good track. Like he, he's like storytelling is not as coherent, uh, is it, not nearly as nice as it, as it has been in other albums. And you know, like I just, I just feel like the track itself isn't that good anyways. So it doesn't even matter about the message. <laughs> Obviously the message is good, but like, even if the message was good, the track itself Oh, the message is kind of good, but the track itself oh, isn't God. that good regardless. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I think the track... It's so hard, Wax, to like explain this. Like, <laughs> you don't get it. Hey, 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 Ads. It, it would help if you uh, stopped using uh, pronouns and just talked about the issues like, directly. Like, just, just say trans rights and, and also talk and just say... Trans rights are human rights, Trans rights are human rights. Yeah. That's the that's the, the main point I'm trying to get to you. Just say the words trans rights, racism, and instead of saying this issue or that issue, and I think you'd be less confused. Okay, yeah. The only reason anybody would ever talk about this track is because of the use of the F slur and how problematic the track is. Uh, if he did it any other way, it would probably be like a, a more... It would probably I win the Grammy like a, again. It, it it'd be like a more again. sentimental track, but it would not be like memorable in any sort of fashion. Keith, Keith don't, 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 God, you know, you know what I'm saying here. It would, it would also win the Grammy if it didn't use a slur. They'd be like, the, 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 uh, the institution would be like, oh my God, Kendrick did it again. He's going to represent, he's going to be our woke voice for our time. They give him that, the, the Grammy again. Come on, it's obvious. Uh,. I don't know. Sure. I don't uh, care about I the Grammys enough to have that opinion. Uh, uh, um, but I just, I do want to say this uh, because you brought up Adam McKay and what he said. I did find the tweet uh, and it's incredible. So it bears repeating here in this context. I was right, right? It was him. He says, yeah, he says, loving all the heated debate about our movie. But if you don't have at least a small ember of anxiety <laughs> about the climate collapsing in, uh, open parentheses or the U.S. teeter in closed parentheses, I'm not sure Don't Look Up makes any sense. It's like a robot viewing a love story and then in alternating capital and lowercase letters, he puts in quotes, why are their faces so close together? Like what the, the It's even worse than I remember. <laughs> so his, his meaning is uh, if you don't like the movie or uh, you probably just don't get it, um, and then no, no. people responded in kind with, no, I understood it. It's just bad. And if you didn't like Crash, then I guess you just aren't against racism. So, no, wait, wait. The, 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 those aren't at all like, those aren't at all like, uh, 
effective analogies. It's like, uh, like everyone acknowledges the existence of racism. Like, like he's basically saying that like, like people don't acknowledge like the severity of, of climate change. And he's saying like, I made a movie under the premise that like, like climate change is X degree of severe. And if you don't, if you don't agree with that, the humor is not going to hit. It's going to hit as, as heavy handed if you don't agree with that. And, and so, so, I mean, that's probably a bad premise to make a movie off of. Like, you know, you have to have buy-in on like a, uh, non-entertainment issue that that's probably a bad yeah premise to make a uh you know a comedy movie but i i I understand his point i don't think the point he made was like weird i think if your argument is that if you care about climate change then this movie is funny is bad why is it bad that's what he made because you then you think that the jokes are actually uh like beyond criticism and they're either funny 100% of the time if you care about climate change or they're not funny 100% of the time if you don't care. But that's how satire works. In in which case uh, or in reality they could just be bad and the movie could just suck regardless of your position on climate change. Come on, see, that's how satire works. Like how many times have you like read like a... uh a satire piece from like conservative satire and then they're they're admittedly terrible at humor but like how many times have you like seen them and say hey I gotta give them that one that was good even though I, I completely disagree with the basis of your like conservative satire point like how many times has this happened to you like it's gotta be like for me it's it's like almost it's very very low uh like, I don't read a lot of conservative satire same. so so I don't know <laughs> I don't I no, don't really I, have an answer for that I I, I I'm specifically disagree <laughs> No, no, I, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm, gonna, uh, yeah, because, because, yeah, I'm obsessed with digital media and like ratings, so I'm, I was trying to figure out like why Gutfeld has like a gigantic viewership, eh, whatever. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, so no, no I, I'm totally, I totally disagree with you. Like, I, I think if you, I think satire, like, if you think like satire should stand alone, like, regardless of your, of your beliefs on the issue, I think that that just means that you've been consuming satire that's been tailored to reviews. Like, like I think like the the funniness of satire is very very much tied to whether or not you agree with it or not. I think it's almost intrinsically tied to it. Okay, but and that's what, and, that's different. I'm not saying that if you don't think something, if you don't care about something, that you will find the satire funny or vice versa. But the the implication that if you care about something, the satire will always be funny, I think is wrong. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I didn't see it, so I couldn't say. Like, I I probably lead more toward Adam McKay's political sta- political leanings. So maybe I should watch it and say whether he did good satire based on uh, uh, climate change or not. I mean, because 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 at least from what I read from the reviews, it did seem that. The reason why it didn't get reviewed well from people who typically, you know, the liberal media that should have given them good reviews is that climate change is actually sort of like a, divis- a kind of divisive issue, even within like the left. Between people are saying this is our number one crisis above anything on Earth. And other people are saying, no, we need to solve other issues first. And then, you know, climate change is a secondary issue. So that that's the vibe I got. So the vibe I got was like people weren't even talking about the 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 quality of the jokes it was it was really uh, just political for my for what i could tell i must say i have no idea what wax is saying but yeah, um, okay, yeah, yeah. The, uh the reviews the, that the i saw said that it was boring it's right, garbage. Right, yeah. so bad it's just boring all right it's not funny I'm glad you guys watched it's, it it's i watched did you don't watch it wax I don't watch movies. I don't watch movies anymore. The last the last movie I watched was uh was a uh, fucking. I only watched Cape Shit. You know, you guys know this. Hang on, hang on. did you watch Doctor Strange? Oh, okay, you watched Doctor Strange. All right. 
Uh, I love, I love Doctor. I there's love no Doctor part Strange. of me that would ever watch this movie. I think Jason watched it, and like that's as much as I know. I watched it um, only because I had Netflix for one more day, and I was like, "Damn, I got to use this for something." And I was watching this anime called Komi Can't Communicate, and it was so boring that I was like, "Damn, what can I watch that's even more boring than this?" And I watched that movie, and I was like, "Damn, it really do be more boring than this." All right. Okay. So- let me go back. Sorry, 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 sorry. Wait, wait. Can I go? Can I go back too? Because like I, I have some thoughts on this Kendrick Lamar album that I've not listened to. But you, okay, you hold on, hold on. So before, well. this, before this wax, I just want to say you said, and I don't know why I didn't pick up on this because I, I was so angry about this at the time, um, back in the day. Um, you said that hey, you said all right, and To Pimp Butterfly won a Grammy, but it didn't win the Grammy. To Pimp Butterfly lost to 1989 by Taylor Swift. Yeah, all right, and all right. No, all right. Didn't also win. He only won the fucking rap. Uh, rap. I don't even think it was a all right. That won the, the rap one. Anyways, what rap song nothing. and rap performance? All, yeah, no, all, that's, all right. yeah, that's what I thought he was talking about. Not not the album because I knew it. Yeah, I knew Zip and Butterfly lost the album. So yeah, yeah. Okay, I was yeah, talking about but, but, it, but it didn't win best song of the year. It fucking what lost. Hang on, hang on. I just want to say it lost <laughs> to Ed Sheeran. It lost to Ed Sheeran. Like, you're trolling me if you think, like, the fucking liberal media did anything to help this fucking album. Because clearly it fucking sucks. Liberal media fucking sucks to not even... To make him lose to fucking... Oh, God, I hated that fucking... Now my brain... You know, I, I didn't say, know what hey, song hey, hey. I was going to put as my recommendation for this episode. But Don't fucking say you're going to put an Ed Sheeran song. You can't. I'm banned. Hey. I'm vetoing. Hey, hey, hey. hey. I, I, I was out in SoCal for, like, two weeks. More, more conservative than you would think. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, wait, 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 wait. You were in like Orange County. It's incredibly conservative. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. It's, that, that's kind of the joke. I... All right, so, so, uh, so, so one second. Go back to that one. I, I wanted to go. No, no, I, I wanted to go. Like, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the song. Uh, uh, sorry, what was, what was it called again? The one where he just addresses his relatives uh, transitioning? Uh, Auntie Diaries. Auntie Auntie Diaries. So, so it's on the same song. Basically, he references uh, the time that he right brought someone end. on stage. Okay, so he, mm-hmm. so it's it's tied into it. So he's he's like self. He's very self aware that he's. I'm going to use the F word in this song, and I'm going to sort of counter that by referencing the time that I let someone come out on stage and say the N word on on my stage. So that, that's he didn't he didn't let them though. But he didn't let them. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But it's a comment. He stopped her. He stopped her and said, "Don't, don't say that word." And I think she okay, started so, crying. I don't remember what happened, but she got a lot of hate after that. Okay, so I'm gonna say though that that seems to fall into the general uh, problem that a lot of people have, and I guess a lot of like minorities have with that, like they try to uh, transfer their minority experience in one sphere to another sphere when there might not be any overlap at all. Like that's, that's just a, that's just like a place that people get in trouble with. They're like, Hey, I've had, you know, I've had trouble being, you know, being oppressed or I've had like, yeah, I, I had issues with being a minority in this area. And so thus my experience transfers over one to one to this other area. That's where people get into a lot of fucking trouble. Right. I mean, mm. that just seems to be a trend that that seems to be a huge. trend. I don't, I don't want to get into like Chappelle because like Chappelle is like taking this, like basically made it an entire shit show. But, uh, it does seem to be like a recurring thing for like people who want who who think that because you know I've had this I've had a 
surface level similar experience in one area that I can now talk about an entirely different thing on the surface, you know, something that's entirely different underneath, but may seem similar on the surface. So, so maybe that was his error. Who knows? Yeah. So, so here's the thing, right? Um, so this, the ending of this track is just so interesting, interesting and kind of a weird, kind of bad way in that it ends it ends, I, I hate the fact that it ends with him saying, you said, like, bring the, the listener into it, you know, and like, like, dude, no one, okay, I shouldn't say no one, there's clearly people, everyone holds a point of view, and I, I'll bring up, like, Australia's um, use of the N-word as well, for, in, in a second, to give, like, examples of, like, outside of Ooh, America. Austra- Australia? Okay, okay. Yeah, the use of the N-word in Australia. Um, yeah, go ahead. But... But, like, to, to then, like, say, like, okay, I, I, I don't get it. Like, I, I don't get why he, like, feels the need to then go say, you know, you said Kendrick ain't no room for contra- contradiction. To truly understand love, switch position. And then he again quotes the word. F, F, F. Uh, we can say it together. But only if you let a white girl say. Like, I just don't, I don't, like, it's just such a clumsy conclusion to the whole thing as well. Which, which is already such a clumsy song in general. I think I really hate, look, I, I, I've listened to it one more time. I might, might, might listen to it one more time to just give it like this, that in like a week. I want to give it some breathing room. Like I want to give it like a, a full week before I listen to this track again. Uh, I'll keep listening to the album, um, but to, to the track, I might give it a week, maybe more than a week. So I'll just give it some breathing room. But I just, like, I struggle with the whole, the whole track. I get the point. I get what he's trying to do. I get why it's clumsy. I get why it's, you know, it's difficult and it's not like as as well done as these other tracks i just don't think it's good <laughs> okay uh b- before we conclude on kendrick lamar i do want to ask you due to your opinions so you said that uh this one this album was not as good as damn and you also said damn itself was not that great so i'm looking at wikipedia so the av club album of the year number one billboard number one complex number one uh irish times number one <laughs> Pitchfork number one, Rolling Stone number one, Village Voice number one. So, Damn got number yeah, one hey. on a lot of these these music sites. So, uh, are, are you just being a hip, are you just being a, like a gigantic hipster or a contrarian? Hey, or no, no, was, no. was album was Damn actually considered like by hip hop fans one of the best albums of all time? Because it seems from these sites that it should have been. I think Damn had had immense instant impact. Possibly more instant impact than, but it also like it was helped by the fact Pimp a Butterfly had pushed Kendrick firmly. Like I think Good Kid, Mad City was when he was this, you know, spiritual spirit of uh, spiritual icon of um, of hip hop. But to Pimp a Butterfly solidified it and like he he wore the the crown for sure. Now like nobody can argue. So I think like oh, so you're you're you're, like, you're saying he got like a halo. This is the halo effect of like that. Oh, the shit, halo we should have exactly. given him credit back. Yeah, we should have given him credit for his last album, and we're gonna give it to him now because no, no, yeah, yeah. it's, I it's mean, that I, the last album was so good that it made damn look good just by associate. It looked better. I should say look better. I said it, it's damn is a good album. I I really like that. But the question I have to ask myself is beyond the first month of the album is how often do I come back and listen to tracks from them? And it's not that often. And maybe it's just because those tracks became so like, like humble was so big. Uh, like I used to listen to humble. Like if every time I went to the gym, humble was being played 
you know, um, what was the other track? D- DNA was always being played at the gym. And maybe it just made me get t- tired of the songs because they were played outside of like a controlled environment the same way To Pimp Butterfly was. But I go back to Tim- To Pimp Butterfly. I go back to, uh, I go back to, what's it called? I go back to Good Kid, Mad City. I go back to, <clears throat> and I go back to, oh, even like his early, early albums where he's still finding his voice. I go back to those way more, like, okay, I think Section 80 is a really, really good album. I actually think I rate Section 80 higher than Dan. Um, and I go back to songs from Overly Dedicated more than I go back to songs from Dan. And I, I, I don't say Dan is a bad album. I think Dan is a bad album for Kendrick. But I still think it's like a 6 or a 7 out of 10. I just don't think it has much replay value for me. All right, so so oh. you're basically saying the entire the entire uh, Western uh, musical critic store critic industry is wrong because they all gave this like album of the year. Anyway, now now and move, moving on, uh, ads will explain to us uh, why Australians are allowed to use N word. Okay, first off, most Aussies, <laughs> white Aussies, will not say the N word unless they're trying to be oh racist. But uh, <laughs> um, it is very commonly used. <laughs> Are you trying to explain away some, vi- some, some some viral Twitter videos? Of me saying that? Yeah, I'm, I'm sure I used to say that no, as a kid. No, in, no, in, in, no, as no like not, not rap songs. Not of you in particular, but it's like, are you are you? So you're trying to explain uh, why we may, we may see many many viral TikTok and Twitter videos of uh, people with funny accents in Australia saying the N word who, who are very not black. No, I think there are a lot of minority groups that use the N word. First off. Um, now you can argue who who gets to use the N. I'm not gonna fucking go into that, but I would say like Aboriginal people often use the N word. Um, I would say that you know, island uh, people from you know islander descent such as like Fiji and Tongan, um, Samoan people also use the N word very often, and to a lesser extent, a, a lot of people from um some Southeast Asian countries also use the N word. And I, I guess the word has kind of been like appropriated for people of minorities to use, but I don't know if I agree with it. And I used to always say to like the, the well, first off, these Tongan students are like usually much bigger than me. They could probably smash my skull in. But I was like, dude, you probably shouldn't say that word. But am I gonna like pull him up on it? Probably not, because he'll kill me. Um, but yeah, it's just interesting like uh, difference. Okay. So I bring up okay, so, so the. Okay, so the I think like the obvious explanation or the one your mind would go to is that hip hop music has generally, you know, is spread around the world as representative of the music of the oppressed racial minority, right? And you know, yeah, people much. in different countries, they're not going to pick up on like you know the exact undertone and you know whatever. Right? I, I think maybe they could maybe they could go on Wikipedia and look up the history of like chattel slavery in the United States, or whatever. But they probably won't. They'll probably just listen to the music, and they'll they'll just listen to it. Oh, this is the music of the oppressed, downtrodden racial minority in a country, and they're just going to absorb it that way. And they're just gonna because it's good music and because it speaks to them, they're just going to adopt the language. So that would be the off the top of my head, explanation for why this spreads that way. Does that sound correct to you? I don't know. Mm. Yeah. Uh, pretty. I, I agree with that. Definitely, I agree with that comment. I think that's basically how it went. So, so based based on that, in that case, like uh, American rappers should just they should, I don't know. Just, it's, it's not like they should welcome it. It, mean, it means that their cultural relevance has. 
I don't know how many. Um, so, so, so there are like, as far as I know, there's a decent Tongan Tongan and Samoan community in America, right? Uh, like people of Tongan and Samoan not, um, descent. Not, not on the East Coast, but maybe on the West Coast. Who knows? Like, I, I, I couldn't say. I have no idea around here, but whatever. Samoan yeah, definitely. Right. Tongan, I don't know. Mm, yeah. yeah, maybe Probably Samoan more maybe on yeah. Maybe more West Coasty, but not, but not, not in New York. It's it's not really that much of an East Coast thing. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I don't know where I was going with this. So I'm just gonna end it there. Right, well, good <laughs> I okay. I do think there. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna get into it because I'm not as well versed in the subject matter. But I do think there. There's an. It's an interesting topic that maybe whoever can look into uh later in their life if they care uh where like tongans are um they they're 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 basically like african roots right like it like african and then uh like migrated or were transposed or whatever well we're all Um, african well keith Keith, we're all african in that okay shut up uh transposed (laughs) into uh tonga and so i actually don't know i have no idea tongans have this like uh wait 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 no 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 wait 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 jokes aside i i don't know that like the uh the spread of humanity to to tonga was like a later african like movement than like any of the other like like early human movements like there's like giant genetic maps of that so i actually have no fucking idea is that what you're saying? Is there, are you saying like, I'm saying like, uh, that, that Tongans have a very complicated relationship with being considered black? Like biological, like like a human anthropo- like anthropology wise, or yes, like- because like any anybody that's not Tongan would look. At, it's the same with like Dominicans and stuff like that. Anybody who looks at like Tongans in general would identify uh the the common the commonalities in in Tongans being like black uh same way there's like black Dominicans and stuff like that there's like black Tongans but well, it's actually yeah but there's actually like a ton of like black Dominicans because of like you know the trans Yes there's a tons of black Tongans that's what I'm saying uh okay. but they have a like an interesting relationship with it because they are they consider themselves tongan first and foremost so it's it's interesting to me that like tongans in australia have this like relationship with the the n-word um oh wait 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 keith are are you talking about like like human movements post antiquity like because i didn't know what you're talking about there like we're, we're this, we're this I'm talking about of... black Tongans. Why are okay, you making okay. this complicated? Because you, you didn't make it clear. I didn't there know are you're like about... black Brazilians, black Dominicans, black Tongans. No, no, no you, you said African. You didn't say black. That's that's, that's why I was like, confused at first. Yes, you because it, it it the reason is because Cause, of because black because black is as I was saying and migration and transposition from Africa when you interjected with everybody is from Africa. No, but when you, yeah, no, but when you say migration of China was from Africa, like my mind goes back to like, like, like 200,000 BC, you know, and when you say yeah, black, well, that makes a lot more sense. When I say that, that is not what I think of. So all right, all right. Clear, clearly we, we majored in different things in college. If I say, 
if I say black Americans came from Africa. Yeah. Are no, you thinking because... that they just migrated at the beginning of time to America? Or do you recognize that there were other forces at play that no, created no, no, a no, my... population of no. black ancestry in the United States? No, my confusion is because you didn't use the word black, which is a post-colonial, not post-colonial, whatever. It's it's like a more modern word. Because my African point fr- is that they have... first. My point is that they have an interesting relationship with being referred to as black. That's what I was getting at. Okay, sorry. Okay. Well, you know what? That was the whole point that I was getting to. I'm going to blame this on you for not using the word black first because uh, I thought you were making an interesting point in terms of human migration, in terms of like early human migration in like, you know, BC. 200,000, 100,000. I thought that's what no, you that's what I was specifically was. talking about the Tongan relationship with being considered black and then the use of the N-word by the Tongan diaspora in Australia. All right, cool. Glad we could. I'm not we well-versed enough in it to know anything about it, to be honest. Yeah, I've only learned of this being a thing in like the last like two years, three years, something like that. Okay. So I'm not like well-versed in it, but I've learned that it was a thing and I I've been meaning to look into it more. Okay. Mm. okay. Interesting. All right. Well, how, how 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 many how many minutes have I t- taken up on one topic? <laughs> it's okay. It, it, it's it's okay. The top topics are here as a uh, as a suggestion, not not a not oh, a right. rule or whatever. Right. Just just so it's not just the ads ads uh, the ads uh, episode. We'll do one more. Let's do one more topic. Do you want to, okay? Do you want one more? Okay. Uh, da, 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 da. All right, let's 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 just do the uh, the cats and dogs topic because other stuff I don't know what to say about. Okay, this might take a long time. Whatever, we'll try to keep it short. All right, uh, I went back to our usual well of topics. YouGov.uk. Somehow YouGov.uk has way better polls than YouGov International, so I just go to UK sites because I don't know. They, for one, they have a lot more trivial polls, which are which are a lot more fun. So this one is uh, they polled a bunch of uh, pet owners, cat and dog owners, about. What do they consider their relationship between them and their pet? And their options were owner, parent, best friend, just just regular friend, master. <laughs> so, so those are the one they they allowed them to pick. And uh, so basically they and they basically cross indexes by you know gender, male and female, cat and dog. And uh, if you look at the poll, the results are not surprising, I suppose. But I I thought a few of the results were amusing just because uh, they sort of like uh, reaffirm what we would believe. So one. Men who own dogs, thirteen percent of them would say they consider them the master of their dog. That's their primary relationship. Only five percent of women. That's that's the that's one of the biggest gaps, percentage wise, on this entire like poll. So men want uh they have pets because they want to have control over uh dominion over an animal. Makes sense. Men men are terrible. Uh, the the other biggest gap was that <laughs> the the other biggest gap was oh by the way the funny thing is that the men who own cats very very little difference. Men who own cats don't really consider themselves the the master of their cats. Men, Only men, men who own cats dogs. are less problematic. That's why. Basically, no, 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 no. no, no. This is a, this is a thing. So you know, among your friends, there's gonna. So basically, so here's what the poll says: three percent of males who own cats think they're they're cat's master. Thirteen percent of their your males who own dogs think of them as their master. That's the primary relationship. So when you see a guy owning a dog, there's a 13% chance that that guy's you know, a, little, a little bit sus, okay? You know, like, like you know, if you have a, if you own an animal, 
because you know the here's the thing there's option the most popular option on this poll was owner so if you go beyond owner and you say i'm the master of this animal you know that's kind of sus right yeah, right right true. so uh you see a guy walking a dog 30 13 chance he's kind of like i don't want to say he's a psycho but just watch out okay watch out anyway uh where else was it going uh no, 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 no. okay oh, yeah sorry. so the other biggest difference between male and female uh on this poll was uh people who said describe the relationship as parent oh by the way i should say for clarity most people are most people just went with the very simple play nondescript i am the owner of this pet that for that that was about equal for both both uh, genders uh both uh, types of animals uh so but so women were much more likely to say they considered themselves like a cat mom or dog mom of uh, the parent. So for dog, 29% of men thought I'm the parent. And 43% of women who owned a dog said, I am the parent. And for cat, it was 24-37 split. So that, that says that uh, while men want uh, some sort of dominion over uh, creation, women want to be the the mother is of creation. I don't know. Uh, that that, that re- If that reaffirms your beliefs, good. If it doesn't, then I don't know. Write in and say uh, why this poll is wrong. All right, add your thoughts. Okay, so first off, I, I just want to say that it, this further proves that dog people uh, are problematic. Um, you know, here's the funny thing, right? Like, uh, I've always no, no, had no, 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 no. It says dog men are problematic. Dog, dog women are, according to this poll, dog women are fine. Dog men problematic. Even dog women are at five percent, which is higher than cat for both genders. That's true. That is that is two hundred fifty percent, one hundred fifty percent higher than two percent of whatever. Whatever. That's true. Okay, so we should we should be careful of people who own dogs. I've I've always held this opinion, okay? Because the so so first off, now here's the thing, right? It's something that I've like the concept of a pet. I've always like kind of like struggled with because um, it, it's something more that I've struggled with with like um with like specifically birds. I've always had like a really tough relationship understanding like keeping birds as a pet. That always felt like the most fucking cruel shit ever. Like like. So my dad loves birds and he, he likes birds more than any other pet. So we did have birds as pets when when we were younger. And eventually, like, my dad got over it. Uh, I don't know. Wait, it seems, like, it seems like you want to say your dad enjoys having birds. And I don't know if he enjoy if he loves birds themselves. He loves having birds, it seems like. That's what you want to say. It's something like that. I don't know what the fucking difference is. But sure, let's go with that. Well, no, no but but you, you preface it by saying, like, like owning birds in cages is, is like a crime or something. So you're basically saying your dad's like, he loves the concept or of imprisoning birds. Probably. Yeah, that's, a, that's that, what I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what most um, Lebanese men, Lebanese people have like a weird obsession with birds, actually. Like, it's, a, it's probably like a very, especially for older Lebanese people, um, they like love birds. They love the concept of like teaching birds phrases. And I don't know, man, it's, it's weird. They're like really into it, like really into it. Bird people in, in general are like insane people. I think bird people are just fucking crazy. But yeah, so in terms of birds, I've always had that weird like, I don't know, man, it just feels fucking hella sus to like, so get this bird, right? And it's, in, it's entire like, and so birds are not, as far as I can tell, they're not domesticated, right? Uh, yeah, they are. Uh, are they? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
pigeons specifically uh, okay, are yeah. a domesticated species. Uh, the reason, pigeons basically, the reason the why there's so many there, pigeons right? outside is because of domestication. And okay, so the, there are like birds, pigeons. like geese, like geese, are domesticated chickens, whatever, whatever. Those ones, but but I mean specifically as pets. Now there are pigeon pets, I guess, but in general, like the most common pet birds are probably like what budgies. Cockatiels, cockatoos, parakeets, uh, parrots, parakeets, parrots, and as far as I can think of, none of them are like truly domesticated. Um, so we just keep them in fucking cages, like a a power trip kind of thing. Like things like macaws, in particular, like some of them are super intelligent birds. Like keeping macaws, um, and like those kind of like like high level intelligent parrots. Seems just like abhorrent, like fucking that. In my opinion, that's fucking animal abuse, just straight up. <laughs> um, but that that being said, like the reason I bring that up is because I think with dogs, it's it's a thing where people like dogs because uh, beyond the whole like oh because they're cute and they're fun to play with, they like them because it like. Weird, like if I don't know, if, have you guys ever like gone on the Discovery Channel or like National Geographic or whatever? They have those shows where like people are teaching, like those guys who are like the dog whisperer, or, like the dog trainers, and they like always talk about that macho bravado. You must be the alpha, you know. Your dog must, you know, walk next to you, always next to you or behind you. That shows that you're in control. Yada yada yada. It's like just weird. Yeah. Like it's always a, it's always had that weirdness about it. Like I've only watched like I said. The, the the cat versions of those shows aren't nearly as popular for obvious reasons. You can't really train cats. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I've only seen the the parody version of that guy in South Park. I don't, I've never seen the actual show. What? Which show? Oh, you you never seen the South Park parody episode? Okay, God, just just showing showing my age. Okay, so the, the, yeah, there, there was like a South Park. Yeah, there was a very very popular show uh, on, on Animal Discovery whatever, about like <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 yeah, yeah, the, no, the, no, the, par- the parody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They they parodied by saying like Cartman couldn't be uh, brought under control by any regular human, so they brought him like a dog tamer, and and he brought him under control, and that was the that was the joke. But the dog tamer was like a famous person. He's based on a famous character on the Discovery Channel. I don't know. It was one of the cable TV channels at the time, and that show was very popular. And then it later got revealed that like he was very controversial, and it's like kind of like these. And he was one of those guys who did like you know you got to be the alpha, you got to show the dominance, whatever, whatever. And then later, a lot of people were like, no, that guy, you know, his methods are kind of wrong. I think he got into some sort of like weird controversy. So I, I, I have no idea what happened there. Like, I don't know if he's still on TV, but I just know that there was, there was a controversy over his portrayal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like I, I think that's that. So the, there was a show I watched that was about, about cats, but it was so funny. It was like, it was called Jackson something, the cat whisperer. And he was just, it was basically like, it was just a dude with a guitar case uh, which he kept things in because you know he was like a roaming musician i don't know what the fuck he was doing anyway he would just come into people's houses the cats would just fucking attack him and he'd be like oh that's so cute anyways just play with the cat a bit and give him treats and he'll be good and then that's what happens basically and just like such a such a disparity between like those guys that come in to get deal with problem dogs <laughs> so it's funny okay uh keith what 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 are your thoughts on dogs versus cats? Uh, in general, uh, I view them the same. Um, specifically, for me, I 
I'm not really a pet person, so uh, viewing them as pets, I I don't I mean I don't care for either. Uh, Keith strikes me as a cat person, but we'll, we'll have to see. I mean, I've only ever had a dog. If that's the if that matters at all, I've never had a cat. My mom is uh, afraid of cats, so I've never never had a cat and then uh you know i'm not really a pet person in general so i don't think i'll ever have a cat what were your thoughts on having the family dog uh i don't know i don't really have any thoughts on it like it's a dog it it does dog (laughs) things and does dog interactions with humans and you know i don't know was a dog never affectionate toward you in particular no, the dog was affectionate towards everybody in the family. Uh, they were a okay. abandoned stray that we uh, rescued and then uh, or adopted. Uh, I didn't really do any rescuing, but I guess that'd be the term. Um, and then we eventually had to give her up uh, when we had to move. Um, but yeah, and then I was like, mm, I don't know. I'm not really a pet person. She didn't really so like once again, other people, we... but she was affecting us of the family. So, so once again, we're proving that Keith is indeed a mouse inside Bob Iger's head with how unaffectionate he is towards animals. Yeah. I'm not unaffectionate towards animals. I just don't want pets. I don't know. Okay. Keith uh, hates animals. So, so... Bob, Bob okay, Iger so... also hates animals. So. <laughs> nah, I don't know well, if he does. No, he does. Yeah. Like... No, 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 no. He likes cartoon animals that sell merchandise to children. Not real yeah, animals, exactly. though. Th- 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 those yeah. are expensive, and you know, you don't, don't make much money. So, uh, I, I don't know if this is a controversial take. This is probably something a lot of people have said, but I think dog ownership is a little bit weird. Not weird, but uh, the reason why I don't like the idea of dog ownership is that, like, so we basically bred them to be affectionate, right? Like that—that's sort of like the like the animal was like bred over. Depending like, on the breed, but yeah. Yeah, so basically... Uh, I, I find dog breeding just problematic as fuck as well, but we'll get to that. Well, yeah, yeah, but well, beyond like the pure breeds, just in general, like the, the larger like category of animal is, has been bred to be like, you know, like humans and be socialized with them, which I guess is cruel in a way, but in a way it just feels like, I don't know, uh, getting a dog for this kind of like unearned friendship. And this is, this is a weird thing to talk about because cause humans are also genetically disposed uh, disposed toward friendship i think not, not, not all of us okay but uh for, for the for the most part i think uh, humans are, are yeah but 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 it, it does feel like there is sort of like a earning feeling toward like earning the friendship or affection of a human being as opposed to a dog which is kind of just uh doesn't seem like it has a choice you know you get a dog it's gonna love you for life even if you treat it like shit that that just seems to be the case like you can really treat a dog for like I've never owned a dog, but like anecdotally, it does seem that uh, like you can really treat a dog like shit, and I'll still love you. So, uh, I'm not I'm not entirely. It makes me a little bit like feel weird about dog ownership. Whereas a cat, at least I feel like the the grounds are very uh, clear. It's like, hey, we're gonna cohabitate. I'll give you food, you know, and uh, there's no obligation either way. And I, I, that 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 feels like a more honest humiliation to me, and that probably says more about my person, my personality than the animals themselves. But that's my take there. Uh, I yeah. don't know if you can treat a dog like shit and it will still love you is accurate, 
Um, but you don't have to treat it like you don't have to be like a great owner, I should say, maybe. But I think that I don't I don't know if I don't know. It's hard. It depends on how far back you're going, I guess. Like modern dog breeding uh, probably is like bred for affection and friendship or whatever. But weren't dogs like originally just used as like tools, basically? Transportation. Yeah, they're gar- hunting. Guard, they're guard. They're, they're guards. They're, gar- no, they're guards. Well, you... the, f- the first thing was like hunting, right? Like they were really good at hunting. Yeah, yeah, they, they can help. Well. They can help you pack. Yeah, they can it, help. You I pack. mean, in that case, it's like the same as. I mean, cats. I don't know what purpose cats serve, um, other than just existing. Uh, Origi- but... Originally, cats served uh, as um, rat, rat, um, rat pest control, basically. Okay, that makes sense. Because I was gonna say it's like it's not really any different than like breeding horses or anything else. It's just like they had a purpose. And that's why they and horse people are even weirder than dog people. I think horse they're the most dangerous the ones. They're the, <laughs> dang- they're the actual the dangerous weirdest. ones. Hey, dog hey, people, look, they saying... could possibly be dangerous, but horse people are definitely dangerous. Look, I'm just saying, thirty-seven percent of UK dog owners think they're their dog's parents, whereas I feel like with with the cat, I have a good relationship. I have a good working relationship. I pay you to be a good ornament, and that's good. That's good for both of us, and I think the cat would be okay with that. I don't know why you think that's better. Also, it's literally 37 versus 31, so it's not like it's not that big of a difference between dogs okay. and cats. Uh, that, 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 that is true. Okay. I do enjoy that in the cat poll. 10% of people say... Well, that's just straight switching people. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I have no excuse. It's, 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 it's called deflecting. Anyway, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I do like how 10% of people with cats said, I don't know what relationship is, which is basically a good answer to like cat ownership. This is undefinable. Yeah, that, that was a good one. There should have been one like, they are my owner. Like, I want to see how many of people put that one for cats. That would yeah, be that, funny. That's what I was going to say. I think the difference between this dogs and cats master thing is because cat owners are just subservient to their cats and they would never. Uh, even consider referring themselves as to as to being the master in that relationship but if you ask them if what your relationship is with your cat and you're like the cat is the master that number would be really high i just think they're they're a cute ornament in your house that's warm and it it makes a sound i think that's weird the way that you say that yeah i know it's weird I think that's much weirder than referring to yourself as your dog's master because yeah. I use you as decoration. Well, clearly Wax doesn't believe in uh, real feelings. How am I the problematic one here that doesn't like animals? No but that? you are the one who owns a cat and views it as an ornament. What do you mean no one I... said that? You literally said that. Oh, did I? Oops. You literally <laughs> said that I don't like animals and that I'm, I only like cartoon animals that sell merchandise. Damn, Keith is just getting away from this uh, this gaslighting. Good, good, good attention to detail. I think you are you own a cat, and you're the worst animal person here. I don't even want to own cats because I think it's weird. I, I think pets are weird. I don't actually, I don't actually own a cat, by the way. So I, I was I was speaking more theoretically. So your figurative cat is it? Well, I guess that's a good thing. You don't own a cat if you just want to view it as an ornament. Anyways, you could just get a 
fake cat. I used to have. I used to. I used to live in a house with a communal. No, I used to own a. I used to live in a house with a communal cat. So, so that that that's my experience. Lex, have you ever thought of just getting a cat painting and putting it on the wall? What do you? No, it wouldn't be warm and furry. Painting of a cat. What what is a communal cat? Like it was like a stray cat in the building or did somebody own it like a roommate owned a cat and so everybody just had a cat? Yeah, basically, yeah. The, the roommate owned it and, and the cat being the cat, like, it was really hard to say. Like obviously when the roommate moved out, like the roommate took the cat, but it, it, it cat nature is that like, you really can't say who the owner is. I see. Mm-hmm. Takes a village, I guess. Anyway, wax is, <laughs> wax is a cat person. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, I'm also a cat person, but I don't mind dogs. Um, I, I, yeah, I don't, my, I'd own my... a dog, but only if I lived on a farm and like he, he served a purpose beyond being a pet. He must serve a greater yeah. purpose. The cat needs no greater purpose other than existence as well. I'm, I'm, all, I'm with wax on that uh, one. There was, was a say, tweet like... or a stand-up joke or something like that uh, years ago that basically said that city people people live in cities that own dog i think it was dimitri martin now that i'm thinking about it people in cities who own dogs their need for friendship outweighs their uh desire to not pick up poop and i think that that is the most accurate representation of people who own dogs without yards yeah that that always felt weird but that's why me for me it's just um if I own a dog, I must have like a large plot of land, and that dog serves a greater purpose. Anyway, anyway, the dogs need the dogs need to poop. So does ads. So we're gonna close this out. Yep. But ads thankfully has bowel control, so he can hold it for a bit <laughs> longer, a little bit longer. Good, because so, one no, final no, hot no, take. No, 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 is that if you, I would rather have a, uh, not that I want one right now, but I would rather just have a baby than a pet because the baby will eventually grow up and take care of itself. <laughs> Allegedly. It might. I don't know if it's hot. It may not. I don't know if it's a hot take or just like a completely under like unrelated tangent, but okay, we'll, we'll go with it. No, I mean, okay. it's what I always say when people bring up pets. I'm like, I'm not a pet person. Why would I want a I'm pet? I'm a baby person. I could so, just have you a say? baby <laughs> and the baby would serve a better purpose. What about later. a foster? What about a foster home? What about a foster home? What about a foster home? What would you rather have a foster? Would you rather run a foster home than have some pets? Uh, absolutely. One hundred percent. I think humans are better small companions than animals. The thing is, that's a... you... and then eventually they grow out of it. <laughs> better out of being a companion. That's the thing. Yeah. Cats, cats never grew, grew in, never started with it, so they, they have nothing to grow out of. That's true. The, you know, you know what? There's, there's never the chance that the cat will grow up and become a billionaire and take care of you in your old age. The very, very, very little chance that'll happen. Yeah. There is if you make your cat an Instagram. Yeah, I was going to say, people... unless you force your cat into slave labor on Instagram, then yes. But okay, but okay, so I think we're going to bring this up. We're going to bring this up. Okay. We'll bring this up. I just want to say that people who make Instagrams for their pets, 
and then comment underneath it saying, oh, cutie, your dad's proud of you, or some fucking disgusting shit like that, need to be executed. They need to be. They wow. just need, it has to be done. Figuratively executed. Figuratively, figuratively. executed from... Figuratively executed from the platform, you mean? Excommunicated from all platforms, all digital platforms, so that I never have to see them. Yeah, they should figuratively be executed from a platform, not literally executed in the sense that they would lose their lives. That's what that means. Yes. Definitely. That's what I meant. Okay. <clears throat> yes. Okay. 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 So you don't need poop? What, what, what is this? I you, do you, need you told poop. me to fucking wrap that. You told me to wrap do, this do, shit do, up, do. and you're like. Okay, okay, prairie this. dog this as we speak <laughs> i do, no, I do. Okay. No, no, as long as the week no, i'll start, no, I'll start. Dog, dogs have out control like like they'll like come up to you and say hey i need the poop fucking take me outside and they'll try to hold it as long as possible all right wax take me outside take my side <laughs> okay sorry all right my, my, okay my song my song recommendation this week is uh you gotta be by desiree i don't know why this song came up it's one of those like random like uh it has like a really catchy hook and then like every once every five years it fucking pops in your mind you're like oh shit this song was good and that's what happened to me the other day i was like oh yeah i remember this fucking song from like 20 years ago so yeah there it is it's just like a very catchy r&b song from the 90s i don't know apparently she's british too i had no fucking idea so that's like a cool thing i learned when i was googling that so yeah desiree you gotta be okay my song of the week is uh father time by Kendrick Lamar featuring Sampha on the new album. It's probably, in my opinion, the best best track. It's got the best chorus, possibly the best beat. Kendrick has some great bars on it as well. I think I think it's just vintage Kendrick, if anything. Um, and I love that song. I just want to quickly go back to one song that I didn't mention, which is Rich Spirit, which I forgot to mention. Um, I just want to talk about that song very quickly. I just want to make one comment. I don't know why Kendrick decides to just ruin the song in the third verse and get put on like some country really bad country voice but i hate the fact that he ruined that song and i always i'm, I'm gonna always skip after the second verse all right my song of the week that was vetoed by ads is two step by ed sheeran featuring little baby uh but since it was vetoed uh my actual song of the week is uh die hard by kendrick lamar featuring blast and amanda reefer uh because every song with blast on it is automatically a vibe Okay. Oh god damn it. I didn't, I didn't know this was gonna be the fucking like episode where we're all doing Kendrick Lamar songs. Or else I would have gone for the song I already Same recommended, man. the uh the, the radioactive mashup with uh, with um Imagine Dragons and Kendrick Lamar. Hey, by the way, as did Kendrick learn how to rap live? Did he did he figure that out? I don't know, did he? I, I oh yeah, I, I went to a Kendrick uh Kendrick yo, uh, yo, all, oh. yo, all, all I re- all I remember is like the first time I, I tried to listen to like a lot, watch a live video. I, like this guy fucking sucks, and then apparently he got better from the. the uh, I saw, I did I did go to the Kendrick Dam, ironically the Dam tour. I went to his performance in Sydney. It was good. It was really good. Mm-hmm. It was, All right, it was so great. maybe he got better. Did you not had, watch the had, halftime show? Hmm. The Super Bowl oh. halftime show. Uh, which year was that? This year. <laughs> Oh yeah, he, he was he was after like he was after like two seconds, and that's all recorded. Come on, none of that's live. He did he did a a whole song. Yeah, but none of that's just live though. Like, like none of that's live. Like it's the halftime show is infamous because like the Red Hot Chili Peppers came out and none of their guitars were plugged in. Like that's just infamous for not being live. I don't know. It sounded live because it sounded awful. 
Okay. Well, in that case, in that case, maybe he's he's not. I don't know if he sounded awful or if the audio just sounded awful because it was a big outdoor stadium. But it sounded awful. That whole performance, I like. I love the show, but the audio could have been better. Okay. I think also I just want to say it's ironic also that Kendrick. Speaking of Kendrick features on really bad, uh, not really bad, but really bad like Kendrick crossovers. Kendrick ironically also did a did a a remix or extended edition of Taylor Swift's Bad Blood, and he he got on that album, and he got he got on that bonus track and the funniest part of that is where it's like got taylor swift in like black and white and it says bad blood it says band-aids don't fix fix bullet holes and i was like oh dear god just cringe as fuck kendrick is famous for doing that really bad like cross pop crossover i think in one of the verses he mentioned something like i'm looking at your favorite pop artist and i'm wondering whether to hop on a feature or or smell like or fuck her i was just like okay <laughs> With flexing. Okay, yeah. It's like, it's like, yeah, okay. Okay, okay, that. And All if right. you want to pay us for your for our features, and our features being this podcast, you can go to www.coffee, that's ko-fi.com slash thejujus, where you can support us monetarily. You can support my drinking habits that I only share to close friends so people don't know how much I actually drink. Uh, you can support Wax getting a stuffed cat. And you can support Keith in his baby adventures as well. So do that. Go www.coffeeko-fi.com slash thejujus. Thank you for listening. And we will see you guys next week.